The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are listening to Rewritten with Cynthia Ocelli, a show where we rewrite your harmful, negative, limiting, and toxic beliefs that normally aren't even true so that you can go on and live the life that you desire and so deserve. This week, we are continuing our discussion of dating like a goddess. So to recap where we've been, we began dating like a goddess or what goddesses know about dating part one with the inside work of total self acceptance that the key to becoming the sexiest woman in the world, which is also a show I did right before the goddess dating shows. I want to encourage you to go back, listen to all of those shows because they will give you the substantive primer and the how to of setting yourself up to be confident, smart, successful, and happy while dating. And I know that that sounds wild. I actually think that dating is really fun. And when you do think of it as really fun, and when you do know what you're going after, and you're not worried about lack or scarcity, or someone not liking you, I mean, the gift is knowing that someone not liking you is and of itself a red flag. You do not want to end up in a relationship with someone who doesn't like you. And that's like ridiculous. They need to be head over heels in adoration and infatuation and love and their character needs to be activated along with their heart and loins and everything else. Someone not liking you, that's welcomed. Let's get that person out of their way right away. Let's make sure that you never settle for someone you have any doubts about their affection, interest, like, and love for you. So initially, as we open this series, really focusing on self-acceptance, go back, make sure you're doing your mirror work, uh, make sure you are investing in you, amplifying your life energy. You invest in yourself for your sake, and it has the added benefit of raising your bar so that you attract an equal and that equal becomes better as you become better. So this is a double win. You're going to have a better life. You're going to have better experiences. You're going to enjoy yourself more. You're going to be more developed. Your brain is going to stay young and nimble and 
you are going to open yourself up to a level of partner who can relate to you in all the ways that you are developed. And that's really wonderful. And those are the kind of things you need to take the long journey of long-term partnership together and enjoy it. Continuing on with goddess dating, we talked about that we do circular dating, that you are dating and dating multiple people and interviewing multiple candidates until you have a discussion with someone, an express discussion where you both mutually agree we are in a monogamous long-term relationship. And again, understand that I'm not here to tell you what to go for. I'm telling you this is the framework that I'm approaching uh, this discussion of dating in. It ends in the successful achievement of having a long-term partner. And yes, there's no guarantee. Divorce rates are high. You may not be able to sustain a lifelong partnership. Sometimes things aren't intended to last forever. All of that is still consistent. Your intention for this process, for using these skills and tools is going to be, I want a lifelong partner. And, you know, it may or may not turn out that way, but I know it doesn't turn out that way if you go into it looking for something different or behaving in a way that deters that. And again, I do these shows from the perspective of a feminine heterosexual woman in search of a life partner. I welcome anyone. And if anything works for you, use it. If anything doesn't work for you, feel free to disregard it. Always think for yourself. So as we do the circular dating and we are collecting and selecting candidates, the reason we do this is because it really takes away that scarcity, uh, sacrifice and settle mentality that so many women fall to. The idea that, you know, this one is just, he's here and I'm not going to have another one and I have to make this work. That scarcity mentality really changes how you show up. It changes how you feel and it encourages you to make sacrifices and settle where I would encourage you not to. Circular dating aligns you with abundance and it takes away that idea of scarcity. I remember my mom used to say to me, uh, you know, it's like the whatever number bus. There's another one coming along every five minutes. When you approach dating this way, it gets a lot easier. And when you do start seeing someone who you may like, it gives you the opportunity to have space and distance and not obsess and not wonder why he hasn't called or when he's going to call or what he's going to say or what he's thinking or whether he's right for you. It allows things to unfold organically and helps you not behave in those ways that are grabby and graspy. And when you're grabby and graspy, you are not consciously sitting back calmly and surveying this person and whether they're a match for you. So circular dating is absolutely the right way to go. We talked about the proactive steps that you will take to identify candidates and get them in the place to earn your love and commitment or to take themselves out of the running altogether. We talked about that in our last show. And I wanted to offer something else to you to sort of go along as a 
partner to the idea of circular dating stopping you from getting too invested in any one new person. Most of the women who listen to this show have some spiritual uh, belief, some belief that there's a higher power alive and active in the unfoldment of our life. And I want to remind you to trust that higher power, trust that there's a plan and vision for your life. Trust that your soul, your higher power, God, spirit, however you define it, is here and conspiring for your success and greatest outcome. So you can relax. You can take your time. You can choose to deny all of the media messages out there that tell you good men are hard to find. You better hurry. You're getting old. Things aren't going to work out for you. You're less attractive today than you were yesterday. All of it's nonsense. To briefly touch on something I've been wanting to touch on for a couple of shows, the idea of where are the mentors who have lifelong or long-term marriages that are actually good, that they actually still sizzle together, have passion, attraction, and desire for one another. I am fortunate to have my mentor. She's actually a business mentor and I happened to meet her at her wedding. Um, and I was, it was years and years and years ago. I was still in law school. So that was a really long time ago and they are still married today. I think the biggest challenges they have are health challenges because they're both in their eighties, but she is, this is another note, something, a show I want to do for us in the future about, uh, the fountain of youth. This woman is in her eighties. You wouldn't, you wouldn't look at her and think she's not past her sixties and she is vibrant and alive and beautiful and sexual and sensual, active, still making deals, still making money, having homes in uh, three states, four states, traveling, uh, spending a lot of time in paradise, uh, high presence in, uh, in a very prominent institution, has a wing named after them. And this all came in the duration of their marriage. This was a woman who had a very difficult time in her late 40s and 50s, started over essentially, married in her 50s, married the love of her life in her 50s. And here we are decades later, and she is as much of an inspiration as she ever was. When I talk with her about relationships, she always, always stresses to maintain your personal vibrance, always invest in yourself, always have interests. And she followed uh, an ideology of relationship that is now becoming quite available and mainstream. There are the books uh, Wired for Love by Stan Tatkin, and We Do by Stan Tatkin. And there's Sue Johnson and uh, the Hold Me Tight and there's another one. We'll get into these later as we as we develop into relationship. But I just want to throw these out there as sort of, I think we all have a question of what is a good relationship? Because time does not indicate a good relationship. Uh, I can tell you from as being a coach, I know a lot of people and just being human in this world, and you probably know people like this too, who are entrenched in long-term marriages or long-term relationships and they're miserable. It uh, functions some other way. They, they don't leave because there's some perceived need or fear 
that being without the other person will be too difficult or that the process of becoming free will be unaffordable or they'll be alone forever because they've bought the witless myth of uh, media and our culture that uh, you're not going to, you better lock someone down when you're young and stay there because you'll never find someone again and you will die old and alone. And that is just such a harmful, toxic, and untrue uh, story that we're sold and that it undermines us. We also talked about uh, becoming a man magnet, rewriting your dating expectations, looking at it not as dating is going out, getting drunk, and having fun. It's more going out and looking at it like a job. It's work. And to successfully do it, you are going to take certain steps to make sure that you understand who that person is and what your potential together is. And you get to that outcome as fast as you can so that you eliminate people who are not right for you, not going to be able to move forward in the life and relationship that you would like to have. We covered goddess eyes, getting him to ask you out, piquing his interest. And again, I stress the importance of at least putting the effort and discernment that you put into finding a job or choosing a new home or picking doctors into the type of person that you are going to do the very important act of sharing your life with, sharing your time with. I want to remind you, and these other shows will really help you understand, your time is valuable. You are a precious, important, beautiful being who deserves to be recognized as such. And that time with you, time from you, and time in your life is a privilege. It is not something just basic that should be undervalued and handed out. That's really important. In our last show, we also went over strategies and action steps for gathering candidates, uh, choosing men that have great character, and letting that be really important. And talking about keeping your heart center open, talking about the, the understanding that rejection is not a personal verdict about you. It is information. Rejection is protection and guidance telling you that this one isn't good for you. Huge red flag. You need somebody who absolutely appreciates you. We talked about the art of dating, the rules of communication and calling prior to the first date. We discussed the initial pattern of relationships and how you want to approach that. I reminded you, and I'm going to remind you again today, stop talking, ask questions, and listen, listen, listen. One of your primary goals is to get them talking, open them up, get them talking, and you are going to interrogate like a goddess. So that kind of, that is how it sounds like you are, you're doing a job. You are getting information, you are sussing someone out, but you're doing it in a way that you are lovely and kind and interspersed with little bits of joy and sassiness and I effing goddess eyes and smiling in the middle of his long drawn out explanation and really letting him know that you're there to give him all of your attention, to be interested, to also be sexy and flirty and play. And we close our last show at the point where you have vetted him by your phone call and first interactions. 
and decided that you are willing to go forward on a date. I think it's really important that you learn to vet and get rid of unsuitable candidates ASAP. So we kind of left off there. And today we're going to focus on first date goals, uh, red, yellow, green flags, sex without monogamy. I know, boo. And sussing out whether a second date is warranted. I want to keep you connected to this foundational tenet. You are the gift. You are what's special. You are the inherently wonderful, beautiful privilege to be around. And getting yourself to know this and move from this centered place will help you with all of the questions and concerns that we always have about going out, about being in the world and seeing anew, what to wear. You wear what feels good. You wear what makes you feel good. Don't worry about being too sexy or any of those things. There is nothing to anything. You, If you feel good, if you feel radiant, that is where you are going to be at your best. And if someone doesn't like that, that is information that that person is not your match. It's that simple. So you can take yourself out of the whole stress of, oh, I just really want him to like me. I hope I look okay. Do I look all right? No. Do I feel good? Yes. Great. I am the gift. If this guy, if this guy doesn't get it, he's not my guy. Great. Big red flag done. You are not going to make someone like you and you don't need to vacate yourself to step into some persona that shows someone things that you think will make them like you. You are the gift. You are the queen. You are the goddess. You are here to observe him, not you. You are here to pay attention to, is he working to impress you? Is he being lazy about it? Is he compatible with you? How is he showing up? That's where the focus is going to go. You are coming from the premise that you are enough. And that is super important. All of the pre-date jitters and all of that stuff can just be handily dealt with if you get the right mindset together. And that again is, is going to happen if you go back to the prior shows and work on them in sequence. All right. To make the whole dating experience that you are circular dating, to make that whole experience seamless and easy for you, I would love for you to pick out your outfits, pick out your dating clothes in advance and sort of have them ready to go. So if you're doing something, you're having a lunch date, you're having a coffee date, you're having a dinner date, you have outfits that you feel great in, that there's no last minute scrambling, there's no stress of not getting it right or forgetting something or something doesn't fit well or something doesn't have a button on it. Like just get it done. Take a day uh, with you or your girlfriends, you and your girlfriends, remember the criteria is how you feel. Have those things put together, feel good. I have no fashion advice other than if this feels good, if you feel good, if you feel radiant, that's what to wear. And be unapologetic about that. Money and, and the quality of the clothing, like the brands and all that stuff, don't bother yourself with that. Runways and the photos and the magazines and all that stuff, that's women. The person who's going to look at you and take you apart to go, oh, that's from this and this is from that and that's a that and that's that, overwhelmingly are other women. 
The man is going to look at you as a potential sexual partner and more. And unfortunately, or fortunately, or just the way that it is, initially, they're going to look at you as potential sexual partner, and you are going to indulge that. That's great because you want to be sexy and flirty because you're vivacious and wonderful. And you're not going to have sex with him (laughs) without a commitment. So you can be as sexy as you want to (laughs) be. I'm sorry. Let's talk about date uh, etiquette. Let's talk about date to do's and not do's. And you know, I don't like the rules, but we got them anyway. Meet him wherever you're having the date at. Uh, No weekend long dates, no uh, multi-day out of town dates, no at his house dates, no Uh, You arrive at his house on your own and when it's over, you know, what's going to happen? None of that. You just don't set any of that up. He doesn't come to your place. You don't go first date to a movie or to a concert. You want to be in a place where you can get in this guy's mind and learn and understand and vet him as to whether you are going to keep him and move forward, deciding whether he has potential And when you realize that he does not have potential for you, you let him go. So when the date is over, you go home. I, when I'm dating, I arrive a little bit late. Uh, I like to see the guy set up the table and I like to know what seat he takes. I pay attention to whether he gives me the protected seat or the best seat. And to me, that's not a red flag. But when somebody gets it right, it's a green flag for me. It's something that I appreciate. I feel like somebody thought about it and made it happen for me in anticipation of me coming. I like things like that. So you're going to meet. You're going to sit down. There's going to be that initial high, high. Be present. Give him the eyes. Don't hide. Smile. Be overt. I mean, it's really fun for a guy to hear that he's sexy or handsome or that he looks great. And then you let him take the conversation lead just to see what happens, just to see where he's going to go. And that will make him feel good. It's also very easy from a feminine perspective to sit back and let him start and let him feel like he is leading the conversation But as soon as he gets started, you are going to take the lead. You're going to need to know who this person is and whether they are worthy of being in your life. So you're going to feel them out. And while you do this, I know I'm like such a buzzkill here this this time, literally, don't drink alcohol. If you must, or if it feels more comfortable, you can babysit a drink. Do not drink it. Uh, You can, you know, fake sip on it. You can move it around. You can ask for water on the side and drink that. Do not allow yourself to get intoxicated or buzzed. It changes the dynamics and it makes for a good time, but you are here collecting information to see if this is someone who you could potentially build a life with. So you have a goal and your goal, your objective for this evening is to get him to open up to you. And when he says something you can use as a door into his feelings, you want to be able to catch that 
You want to pay attention and move right through that door. When that door presents itself, you go right through it. So what does that look like? What does a door open look like? He could say something like, my mom was married to a guy I, I hardly liked at the time, but we always went to Disney World. So he's talking about Disney World, but wait a minute. Your mom was married to a guy that you didn't really like? Oh, why didn't you like him? That's a door that when he starts explaining is going to give you information about how he sees the world, what his family dynamics are, how he views other men. Those are the doors that you're really looking for. A guy could say, I really liked most of the team, but Mike, he was my best friend. Oh, Mike, tell me about Mike. What, what, what stands out about Mike? You can ask questions, open-ended questions that require answers and answers that you are going to listen to very carefully instead of saying, what happened with your last relationship? Why did you break up? You could say something like, what would you do differently than you did in your last relationship? And they'll say, you know, I'd be more present or careful or whatever. And that gives you another door. And you can just ask what happened to make you say that. So you don't want to be there in the mindset of, I want him to choose me. I'm going to sell myself to him. I have to tell him everything about me so that he knows I'm great and wonderful. No, you are going to give answers and you're going to be open, but you're going to give answers and spin the question right back around. Your goal is not to leave there knowing what you already came with knowing. Your goal is to leave there knowing about this person's character, background, life view, history, finances, intentions, everything. And you're not, think about it, that's way too much information to get in one evening. So you don't have time to sit and talk about yourself. And I know that people... Uh, women specifically, want to say everything. We want to be known. We want him to realize how wonderful we are. We want to tell him everything about ourselves. That's actually not in our best interest at this point. If he is worth you, if you are actually interested in him and he shows up for you the right way, you can divulge that over time in the future. So to repeat, You are not there to be chosen or picked or liked or to win him over. This dude, he is lucky to be near you. The only question is, do you have good reasons, more than emotional reasons, to keep him around? So you are actually going to be there in an observer role, a flirty, beautiful, fun, sassy, interested observer. And some of the things you're going to observe, is he present and attentive to you? When uh, someone comes to ask him if he needs anything, is he deferring to you? Do you need anything? Is he taking care of you? This is important because this is what's going to happen in the future. And it's awesome if he's looking out for you and you want to pay attention to that. Where is his phone? Is he checking it? Is he distracted? Is he unavailable sometimes? That's important. This is the beginning whatever is happening right here, the volume will be turned way up on when you guys are past uh, the dating stage and enter a relationship. You want to know these things and you want to know how you feel about these things early. Does he ogle other women? This is huge. You deserve better. 
unless you're one of those rare people, I know a few of them who like that and who are open in different ways to having different types of relationships. I'm not one of those people. I don't share and I don't appreciate that. If that, if you're like me and you notice that happening, that's huge. You don't want to deal with that. That is not for you. You're not going to get somebody to stop doing that. Pay attention and be able to make these cuts before you are invested. Is he a positive person or is he negative and complaining? Is he, is his life view that he goes out there and he happens to life or is his life view, poor me, all these bad things happen to me. Everything is terrible. I try so hard. It's difficult. Pay attention. Yes, people go through things, but when the worldview is negative and pessimistic, that's the worldview that you will be integrating with. And I always say that relationships sort of bring people to average. They average with one another. So if someone is, it's like with your friends, if you show me who your friends are and what they make, and I'll show you what you're making in five years, we tend to become more like the people we are around. So be careful. Would you want this outlook? How would that impact your life? This really matters. And I know it's really hard to think it matters when he is so cute and so sexy and smells so good right over there. Keep your wits about you. I I cannot overstress this enough and don't believe in scarcity. And there's this, uh, there's this old parable part of it. I really love when you see something that you like When someone comes into your view that you like, instead of thinking, oh my God, I'll never see anything like this again. Grab it, grab it, grab it. I want you to remember this little, this little story. There were a group of adventurers and they were on the ocean searching for new land and the ocean seemed to be interminable. It just went on forever and ever and ever. And they were running out of food and they were feeling sick and they were longing for the home that they had and they were regretting and afraid that it was that they were never going to find land and then one day they saw a leaf in the water that leaf in the water indicated that land was near as the days went by they saw more leaves in the water and then one day they saw a bird and then one day land emerged When the universe puts something you like in front of you, I want you to call that a leaf in the water. I don't want you to think, this is it. I'll never have this opportunity again. I better grab it. Land is near. There'll be many more leaves. Those leaves will turn to trees and land and life. Look at the world from this perspective and the world will show up for you like this. Because it's all available to you. Seek whatever you want. You're going to find it. Seek the horrible things. You'll find them in abundance. Seek the wonderful things. You will find them in abundance. This person across the table, how do they view life? What are they seeking? What are they finding? Do you want that? Is everything someone else's fault? Is he self-aggrandizing? It's one thing to try to impress you. It's another thing to be his own fan club and to just hype himself up. And you know it when it's happening. Pay attention, pay attention to your gut. Is he love bombing you? We haven't had a show on narcissism, but narcissism is huge. And one of the ways that a narcissist shows up to court someone else is to just fall for them, to make them think that they have just been struck by Venus herself and that they are all in 
right now. They knew it from the start. Love at first sight. You're so amazing. Nothing better than you. I'll do anything for you. I'll give you anything. I am your man. I've waited for you all my life. And you are a human. And humans, we like compliments. We like the idea, the romantic media promoted idea of love at first sight and this magical story and our prince comes and we just know and it's amazing. Chances are it's a narcissist. Pay attention. Does it make sense? Is there a foundation to support his behavior? Pay attention. Keep your wits about you. Keep the alcohol in the glass or off the table. And we will get to a show on narcissists. Really important and really just so prevalent. I can't tell you how many people I know who have had experiences with narcissist bosses, dates, both male and female. Um, narcissists come in any package. And I've also had experience with a couple different kinds. And that is something to be aware of something to know about because if you are unaware, if you've never encountered a narcissist or never really understood what that meant, it can just uh, turn you upside down. So we'll get to that. But here we are. We're talking about this first date. You are an observer. You are a listener. You are on a mission. You have a job to do. You want to know kids, exes, spousal support, credit, all of the situations, money, And you're not going to get everything, but if you are committed to not talking and not oversharing and probing and finding the doors in in conversations and going through them, you're going to get a lot of this information. Uh, Open up his childhood. Was your childhood happy? Was there trauma? These are really important things to know. People bring their family of origin with them. Go in heavy. I know this is like, wow, that seems like a lot, but you can go in and then throw in something sexy, something playful. Uh, Watch your tone. Don't use any judgment. Be positive. Be fun. Be light. So even though this is heavy, you're handling it in a very light way. And you go ahead and also answer questions. But your goal is to then turn it around, toss everything back to him. If you're liking this guy, If the questions are going in ways that you're feeling like, yeah, good, this is good. So you can seduce him a bit if you're feeling it. Smile at him with those goddess eyes in the middle of him explaining something to you. Fluster him and acknowledge it as you touch him. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you as you touch his forearm. Say you're just so gorgeous. It is more than okay to pour on the flirting and the interest and the appreciation. And he will be so happy because he thinks that you're going to have sex with him. (laughs) Alas, no, Um, but it's okay. He's going to have that momentary dopamine hit of, yes, (laughs) I am winning it. She is so into me. But you don't offer free trials. You are not a streaming service. You are a sovereign queen. And for someone to get in your bed, they'd better be your chosen, vetted, worthy counterpart. And there are a few reasons for this. In Resurrecting Venus, there's a whole chapter called Casual Sex is an Oxymoron. And I actually wanted to read it to you. I'm running late. I may open our next show with it. 
You don't need to hide your agenda. You don't need to rush the process to keep him. You can be open and upfront in your beautiful, sexy, radiant way. I am looking for a life partner, but not just a life partner, the right life partner. And I don't think that can be rushed or faked. So as we round out, I want to remind you of some other things to look for as you are observing. Is he picky? Is he kind to others? Is he cheap? Is he overly neat or sloppy without awareness? Does he do things that annoy you? It will only get worse. Does he check in with you? Does he ask whether you need anything? And as you get through this date and you get all this information and you're sort of closing it out, watch yourself, observe yourself. Do you still actually like him? Or are you working to make him work? Are you working to give him the benefit of the doubt and just kind of force a square peg into a round hole? Be honest with yourself. Let go of the scarcity. Remember the divine is on your side. Remember that things are going to work out for you. Remember that you don't have to settle. Remember that the point is you are there recruiting a candidate. You don't have to try to be Florence Nightingale. You're not going to leave this date knowing only what you came in with because you poured yourself out and overshared with him. If you are satisfied with him and how he's done, then decide to share more with him. But recognize that you doing that is a gift, a reward for him and how he has shown up. If you are not into him or you're recognizing that, yeah, I'm not really feeling this guy. Finish up light. You succeeded. Count it as a win. You recognized before you spent a whole bunch of time or got yourself emotionally invested or sexually connected, you figured out that this guy isn't right for you. Enjoy the time. It's always wonderful to get to know another human. And when it's over, when you get home safely, when it's over, assuming he checks in with you and most uh, gentlemen do, you can say to him, I really loved meeting you. Thank you. I I just don't feel a connection and I don't want to see you again. And I know that that's hard to do. I've done it. I had a personal share here. I had an amazing date with a man and it was wonderful because, you know, I'm not, I'm not super affectionate on a first date. So he was across from me most of the time. And then on a second date, we sat side by side and I realized, whoa, I have no chemistry with this guy. In fact, the way, the vibe, the energy that comes off him, his scent, his, his temperature, his feel, I do not like it at all. And it was shocking for me because he was great in a lot of ways. But rather than trying to force what would only be more upsetting later, I thanked him, went home, and shared with him that I didn't feel the way that I needed to feel that I loved meeting him and wished him the best. A very, very good thing. And I want to encourage you and empower you to do that as well. This is your world. This is your life. You are the sovereign ruler of your life. No one cares about your life more than you do. No one is more responsible for your life and well-being than you are. Live like that. Own that. We are over and out of time today. When we reconvene on the part four of what goddesses know about dating, I will read to you 
from resurrecting Venus. Why casual sex is an oxymoron. I'll give you my best argument and see, you'll see if you agree. And we will cover red flags. One of them is enough to end a relationship. Yellow flags. Two of them, enough to seriously consider ending a relationship. And green flags, things to look for. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, write to me, Cynthia at CynthiaOcelli.com. Remember, you are the most powerful person in your life. You are the goddess. You are the queen. Rule your life. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.